Good morning, church. Good morning. Ooh, that was nice. I like that. <laughs> Jonathan has asked that we learn a little bit about the songs that we sing, the history of the song, the author of the song, and he's put together a little history lesson and asked me to present it to you. Well, today we're going to have two of the songs that we sing brought to you in history format. Now, unfortunately, Jonathan doesn't realize that I'm a former educator. You give me a dais, a microphone, and a captive audience, you best be prepared to stay a while. <laughs> but to his credit, he's also given me a time limit, so we best get started. <laughs> We're going to do this in the form of congregational participation. As I tell you the history of the first song we're going to sing, Heaven Came Down, when I point to the congregation, I want you to say, using your outside voice without yelling, God always has a plan. Emphasis on always. Everyone got that? Let's try it. God always has a plan. You are so good. <laughs> All right, here we go. Heaven Came Down, authored by John W. Peterson. As a teenager, John W. Peterson dreamed of being a singer and a soloist. He often sang on local radio programs and in churches. Only in singing did I feel confident and confident, he wrote. Here was at least one place where I could excel. I knew it and I made the most of it. God always has a plan. One summer, John got a job in a factory, earning 15 cents an hour at a machine-making canvas. The machines were so noisy, he sang at the top of his lungs for hours on end, making up melodies and imagining he was on stage. wonder what that was like. John realized too late that he was ruining his voice. I put such a terrific strain on my young voice that through overuse and inexperience, I damaged it beyond repair. God always has a plan. When I realized fully what had happened, that my voice would never again be beautiful, I suffered such an emotional shock that it took months before I recovered. God always has a plan. Looking back, however, John is grateful. If that had not happened, I might never have developed as a writer. With my voice damaged, I turned more and more to writing, and that talent was allowed to emerge and develop. God always has a plan. What at first seemed a tragedy was used for good and the course of my life began to take shape. God always has a plan. John W. Peterson is called the Dean of Modern Hymn Writers. He's the author of such favorites as So Send I You. It took a miracle, surely goodness and mercy, and no one understands like Jesus. Heaven Came Down, one of John's most popular compositions, was written during the summer of 1961. God always has a plan. He was ministering at Montrose Bible Conference Grounds in Montrose, Pennsylvania. During one of the sessions, an opportunity was given for people to come forward and share a word of testimony. A man known as Old Jim rose to his feet and told how he had come to Christ. It seemed like heaven came down and glory filled my soul, he said. Right away, Peterson realized that he had a title for a song. So he wrote it down and later that week completed the song. It became a favorite almost immediately. God always has a plan. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Maestro, lead us in singing. Why don't you heaven stand to your feet? Let's sing it together. Oh, 
what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus my Savior I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, he met the needs of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling, he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Now I've a that will surely endure after the passing of time. I have a future in heaven for sure, there in those mansions sublime. And it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I believe. Riches eternal and blessings eternal from his precious hand I receive. Heaven came down and glory my soul when at the cross the Savior made me whole my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day heaven came down and glory filled my soul amen you may be seated Amen. We want to welcome everybody here today for a very special Sunday, uh, Senior Adult Celebration Sunday uh, here at Pitts. We traditionally do this the first Sunday uh, in May. You know, we're blessed in a, a couple of weeks from now, we will have young families with children down front dedicating uh, themselves as well as their children uh, to the Lord. Uh, some two months ago, we had a youth Sunday, and today we're celebrating our senior adults. And so we're blessed with the different generations uh, that we have in our congregation that make up the body of Christ here. And we're thankful for each one uh, of our seniors, and uh, we're thankful for you. If you're a guest today, we would ask you to reach in the pew rack in front of you and take out a care card and fill it out as completely as possible. We would love to have a record of your attendance with us today and there are some boxes on round tables in the lobby as you leave if you'd be so kind to to drop that in there also if you have a prayer need in your life uh, the staff would love the opportunity to join you in that prayer need and so fill that out and uh, also drop it in those boxes uh, before you leave well as I mentioned senior adult day uh, did, I don't know if you realize this or not, but the fastest growing segment of America is senior adults. Uh, the, age, the age 65 and up, not even dropping back to 55, but uh, if you just take 65 and up, seniors make up now over 16% of the population, and by 2050, seniors are projected to make up 22% of the population. And think of it this way. If, if Jesus tarries and you don't die, you're going to be in the group too, right? All of us. We're going to be seniors. We hope to be seniors. And so, uh, uh, again, welcome to Senior Adult Day, you know, 10 years from now when you might be in the group. But anyway, uh, it is a special day. We appreciate our seniors so much. The leadership, the example they have provided for us uh, down through the years. Uh, uh, they asked me, who should we get to speak? I said, ask Dr. Cooper. Dr. Cooper and his wife Carol joined our congregation. I think it was late 2019. Uh, he had pastored Providence Baptist over in Harrisburg for nine years. Uh, he retired. And, uh, of course, churches began calling on him. He served as an interim pastor and was doing some preaching at Peninsula Baptist in Mooresville. 
a group wanted to form a new church. They formed Trinity Baptist, called him as the pastor there. It was supposed to be a temporary thing. He stayed seven years and ended up leading the church through a building uh, program. They went $3.5 million into debt, and it's already paid for. In fact, much of it was paid for in the first six months. And so uh, you're going to be privileged today to hear from uh, Dr. Cooper. We look forward to hearing the message later uh, that God has laid on his heart. Let me go over some quick announcements uh, with you uh, that I need to cover today. On May the 15th, two weeks from today at 12 noon in the core, there's going to be a luncheon for everybody who desires or even thinks they desire to serve in Vacation Bible School uh, this summer. So we hope that is a very well-attended luncheon. So put two weeks from today down, and we're going to feed you lunch and talk to you more about Vacation Bible School. Also, growth groups for women are getting ready to get going. Uh, there is a $10 charge for the study guides, and uh, there will be a kickoff on Monday, May the 9th, that would be a week from tomorrow at 7 p.m. in the CORE Cafe. You can pay your $10 then, but you need to register today. Okay? So ladies, stop by the Welcome Center before you leave today. And the growth groups are going to meet from May through November, and they're going to meet uh, two times per week. And then this coming Thursday night, there will be a ladies tea so ladies bring your favorite teacup uh, if you don't have a favorite teacup you know a Brit ask a Brit that you know to give you their favorite teacup they'll have one but bring your favorite teacup and you're going to talk about the theme a fruitful life and that's this Thursday at 6:30 in the core tickets are ten dollars and for young ladies aged 3 to 9, be $5. And then uh, also don't forget, uh, last chance for your family or individual photo for our digital directory. Uh, many of our folks have shown up amazingly well uh, for that. And we're grateful because we want your photo and your information to be in the digital directory in case those in the church family need to contact you. Uh, but You'll notice the location has moved. Uh, it has been in the lobby. It will be in the core lobby. So again, before you leave today, if you would take care uh, of that. Uh, I'm going to call on D.D. Ford. I know D.D. has a word to say to you about the shawl ministry. And uh, after she comes to the mic, we will continue in our worship. Thank you again for being here. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I can talk loud enough. Y'all are fine. My name is Dee Dee Ford, and I'm privileged to share with you this morning. Back in 2013, three very precious ladies of this church came together with the hope of sharing God's love to our community. Dot Willis, Susan Brindle, and Sharon Mobley began and carried out the prayer shawl ministry for many years. Today, Miss Susan and I are hoping to inspire more of you to become involved in something that will bless you as well as others. What you see before you are just a few examples of what the prayer shawl ministry does. We make shawls and chemo caps for cancer patients. These are given so that patients who are facing a life-threatening disease can be wrapped in love and warmth during their many treatments in a very cold and sterile room at the hospital. We make lap blankets for patients who are on dialysis and must receive treatment several days a week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we also make beanie hats for precious little babies. Isn't this beautiful? Ooh, I didn't make this one. <laughs> that are born at Northeast Hospital so a new family knows the love of a church and a God who will walk with them through every step of their parenting journey. Each of these items are packaged with information about kits. Um, the welcome your new baby introduces us as a church. 
We also have a different one that goes with the prayer shawls, and that one actually has a track in it that talks about what cancer cannot take from you. And we all know what that is. Um, not, but the, the nice thing about this is that the blessings of these items go way beyond the patient to their families. Not just for your mom or your grandma. This ministry involves everyone willing to spend some time to bless others. We use simple stitches made with love and prayers to bless someone you may never get to meet. We do provide everything you need, even instruction. I'm always there to help teach you a little bit. All we ask is a willing heart, a little time, and prayers for someone who may be going through a challenging time in their lives. We meet once a month on the fourth Tuesday from 6.30 to 8 in the core activity room. Feel free to let Ms. Susan Brindle or myself know if you're interested or have any questions. If you wish to donate to this ministry, we can always use yarn or financial support, and you will be blessed by blessing others. Thank you. As we continue this morning, I'm reading from Psalms 92. It says it is a it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by a ten-string instrument, a harp, and the melody of a lyre. You thrill me, O Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. O oh Lord, what great works you do, and how deep are your thoughts. Only a simpleton would not know, and only a fool would not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like weeds, and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, O oh Lord, will be exalted forever. Your enemies, Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. But you have made me strong as a wild ox. You have anointed me with the finest oils. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted, transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. And pay attention, seniors, to this. For in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. Let us unite our hearts together as we pray together. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of coming today to be a part of the family of God as we come together as believers, trusting you, living the life that you've instructed us to live, giving guidance to those around us, and a part of what your kingdom is here on earth. Thank you, Lord, for this fellowship. This is a special fellowship of which you have blessed in so many ways. People come with hungry hearts, heavy burdens, sometimes distressed, but they come together as a part of this family, and we thank you for that as we do that every day. But we come this morning especially aware that you have blessed us with time. The years have flown by, Many of us count those together as a joy, for you have been a part of much of that. From our earliest days, the time of us, the, the life ahead, the choice of decisions and what we would do, and the calling to serve you in those avenues of what you might open to us. Thank you, Lord, for that. But we thank you first and most because you gave yourself on the cross for us. 
You didn't have to do that. But you loved us. We can't understand that. Why you did that for us, knowing who we are, how we think, and what we do, you still did that for us. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you for that. Give us today a vision of our tomorrows, the church triumphant, joyful, marshalling into its tomorrows, aware that you will bless and guide and direct in what we do. And for those who come today with heavy hearts, distressed lives, wondering what the future holds, those that come with prayers for healing, for guidance, for direction, for hope. Make this the place where you answer those prayers. Make this the place where hope is at home and despair is a stranger. Guide us today. Bless what we do as we worship you. We ask no dream, no opening skies, no sudden rending of this veil of clay, but take the dimness of our souls away. Teach us to know that thou art always nigh. Teach us the struggles of the soul to bear, to check the rising doubt, the rebel sigh. Teach us the patience of yet unanswered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. The next hymn we're going to sing, and that I will tell you the history about, is Blessed Assurance. This is not a congregational participation lesson, so you may sit quietly. Almost every Sunday, we hear of chances for us to serve. This Sunday, we just heard Pastor speak about the upcoming Bible, uh, summer Bible program. And sometimes we sit there and we hear these things and in our mind we're thinking, oh, I can't do that. That's not for me. I'm too busy. I'm too old. I'm too young. Uh, I have a limp. Uh, my hand hurts, whatever it is. But bear in mind those thoughts as you hear this story about the writing of Blessed Assurance. And remember, keep in mind, God can use you too. For in your weakness, you will find his strength. Gospel music, as an important part of Christian hymnody, had its beginning in the latter half of the 19th century and is associated with such well-known names as Moody, Sankey, Bliss, and Francis Jane Fanny Crosby. Crosby, perhaps more than any other writer, however, fully captured the spirit of the American gospel song. It is estimated that Fanny Crosby, who was blind, yes, you heard me correctly, who was blind, wrote more than 8,000 gospel song texts in her lifetime. Let me list them for you. Uh, no, no. <laughs> her hymns have been and are still being sung more frequently than those of any other gospel hymn writer. Her many favorites have been an important part of evangelical worship for the past century. It is truly amazing that anyone, especially a blind person, could write on this variety of spiritual truths and experiences with such proliferation. For a considerable period during her life, while under contract to a music publisher, she wrote three new hymns each week three new hymns each week. She used over 200 pen names besides her own. Many of her original texts are still being uncovered and no doubt will be published in the future. Often the themes for her hymns were suggested by visiting ministers wishing to have a new song on a particular subject. 
At other times, musician friends would first compose the music and then ask Fanny Crosby for the words. Okay, so she was a poetess, a blind poetess. They come to her with the music and say, give me words for this music. Okay, such was the case for the hymn, Blessed Assurance. Now the music for this came from someone whose name you probably won't recognize, but you'll know her husband. The music for this was composed by Mrs. Joseph Knapp. She was an amateur musician, and she was the wife of the founder of the Metropolitan Life Insurance Company. You've heard of Metropolitan Life Insurance. Okay. She was a friend of Fanny's, and one day Mrs. Knapp played a melody for the poetess and asked, what does this tune say? Now, I'm not a musician, okay? I can barely play the radio, but I understand musicians, when they compose music, it says something to them. It, it, it has meaning to them. She ha didn't know what this song was saying, so she asked the poetess, what does this say to you? And Fanny responded immediately, why, that says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Fanny Crosby died at the age of 95. Only eternity will disclose the host of individuals whose lives have been saved and or spiritually enriched through the text of her many hymns. Maestro, lead us in blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Would you stand as we sing together? If you'd like to open your hymnal, it's 572 in your hymnal. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my side. Angel descending, bring from above echoes of mercy whispers of love this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long perfect submission all is at rest I am my Savior I'm happy and blessed watching and waiting looking above filled with his goodness lost in his love this is my story this is my song praising my Savior my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. Another favorite hymn, Trust and Obey. If you're in your hymnal, just flip back one page, 571. Let's sing the first, the third, and the fifth stanza of this great hymn. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be 
trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and Thank you, Scott, for inviting me to do this today. I'm like you. I'm getting older, too. I, uh, I realized that the other day when one of the young men I baptized when he was 18 years of age, as many years ago, he surrendered to preach and he retired the first Sunday of April. Now, I, that made me feel old, old. <laughs> One of the great young men down in Greer, South Carolina. You know, I've retired twice. I retired 2001 and then again 2016. I've been rather busy since then, but I appreciate every minute of it. I love the Lord. I love preaching. And, I, you know, God's been so good to us. He's been good to me and Carol through the years. And I just thank him for that. I've lived through a lot as a Southern Baptist pastor. I thought about that today, Scott. I was thinking, uh, you know, I went through that commentary mess we had many years ago. Battle for the Bible, the charismatic movement, the presidents of the Southern Baptist Convention, whether they're going to be left or right or whatever, cabinism, music war, all of it. And then it hit me. We got another one going on. Now we're into harassment, sexual harassment is going to be discussed. I don't know where we come up with all of this stuff at Southern Baptist, but we do. But we are praying for that. We're praying for the meeting as they gather together real soon. This morning, I want you to take the copy of your word of God, whatever that might be, and turn with me, please, to Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. And I want to talk to you about you can't go back. You can't go back. And while you're turning there, it, I was interested to see some folks from Trinity here this morning. I think they're living now at Taylor's Glen. I appreciate them being here. I was their pastor for a number of years. Our next door neighbors are here this morning. That's good to see them. And some folks that I used to pastor many years ago at Providence are here as members of Pitts, and I appreciate them too. God bless you. So all of the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said one to another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. You know, regardless of how you may feel about the past, it's gone. It's gone. Can't bring it back. You may have a homesick this morning for yearning 
to go back and pick up the pieces of what used to be. But you can't do it. Life has to be lived in the now. Not what it used to be. Someone said people like making progress, but they don't like to change. But we're changing. I like to read Westerns. I don't know if there are any Western readers in here this morning. My favorite author is Louis Labour. I was reading one of his books the other day called Lonesome Gods. Hadn't read that one. And I found it interesting. He's, he's writing about the 1800s. And in there, I want you to listen to this, and I quote what he wrote. Nothing remains the same. Things that we face are changing. And we must understand the changes and change with them are be left by the wayside. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? In a, in a book, I like Westerns because at the end, you know, the guys with the white hats always win. That's why I like those, but. Thought I'd just throw that in. We're changing, folks. Your body is changing. You used to run a hundred-yard dash, didn't you? They timed you with a stopwatch. Now you try it, and they use a calendar. <laughs> your, your family is changing. Think about this. That little six-year-old that you had, he got on that school bus for the first school bus ride to school for the very first time. Then his, his tricycle became a bicycle. The bicycle became a Ford Mustang. One day, that little baby boy of yours all of a sudden becomes a teenager. His hormones go berserk. Brains go AWOL. <laughs> and before you know it, he's talking about getting married. Change all around us. We're now in 2022, and some folks today are still trying to live in the 1950s. It can't be done. 1950 was a great time. I, I can relate to that. But you, you think back for just a moment. It was a time when, you know, you could go downtown to some little store and get you an ice cream cone for a nickel. Think about it. Five cents. A double dip was a dime. Used to do that. Our parents used to take us to town on Saturday. We would go into the local uh, pharmacy. They had ice cream. Oh, man, that double dip was great. Ten cents. You'd take those Coke bottles back to the grocery store, get a refund for a nickel, take the money you got out of those Coke bottles, buy you a Pepsi-Cola and a Moon Pie. <laughs> I mean, that was the 50s. That was the 50s. You can't get anything for a nickel now. And for some folks... The past wasn't good. It was painful. Maybe a failed marriage and your heart was broken. Maybe it's a tiny grave in a cemetery somewhere where you laid that little baby. Or maybe in your mind you're thinking about a business that you were venturing into and it failed and you lost it all. All the tears that you can shed from now to the day you die will never ever make it any different. Drop the past. Beautiful or bitter, move on. Numbers 14 that I read to you, verses 1 through 4, picture a change. The people have been slaves. They've been slaves. They've been mistreated. They've been abused. And change was needed, and it was needed quickly. And with this change, there's come challenges. And I mentioned five of those challenges this morning. They have to be faced. They have to be overcome. If we're to break the bondage of our past, think with me. Number one, the situation is impossible. When you've been in bondage for 400 years, it looks bleak. Working in a mud hole, making bricks, that seemed to be normal for these folks. And they're probably, you know, in their little groups, they're talking about breaking free, but how in the world are we going to break free? There are over two million of us. That's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. And maybe some of you this morning are thinking like that. Just thinking, oh, it's so impossible. But my life is in a mess. I'm, I'm just torn apart. God can't help me. Listen, nothing is impossible with God. Absolutely nothing. God can help you. You may have come in here today 
into this auditorium and the balcony here on this level and and you've stepped into this place and in your heart and in your mind you're thinking my life is an absolute mess my life is torn apart god can't even help me i'm getting old and nobody cares i'm getting old nobody loves me i'm getting old and i'm lonely and nobody cares listen god cares god cares isn't it wonderful to know that with all that brokenness and with all of that hurt in your heart and in your life, you can get up in a few minutes, walk down these aisles, give your heart to the Lord or come into rededication, walk out of those doors free, free from all of that, knowing that Jesus Christ is with you. So get this morning, get out of the boneyard of the past. Quit acting so pitiful. Recognize that God loves you and cares about you. But preacher, you don't understand. I'm sure Scott's heard this. I have. You just don't understand my situation. It's tough. It's tough. Well, don't you think it was tough for these folks? And numbers, think about it. Pharaoh had a great army. Pharaoh is chasing these folks. And as they're coming, chasing them, they get across on the other side to safety. What about Pharaoh's army? Drowned in three feet of water. Two million to feed. God promised them what? Fresh rolls every morning. He provided the makings. All they had to do is gather it up, make fresh bread every morning on that side of safety. Two million to clothe. God provided shoes and clothing with a 40-year guarantee. Have you ever bought a pair of shoes that lasted 40 years? <laughs> or a pair of pants that lasted 40 years? Some of us think we have, but <laughs> I don't believe we did. Listen, it's, it's too soon to stop. So quit this morning feeling so weary. And quit this morning thinking about quitting. Don't stop. Listen, think about this. If you've got a financial problem this morning, God will help you with it. If you have a domestic problem this morning, let God come into that marriage. If you're addicted to any type of drug this morning, there's freedom in Jesus Christ. You have to get out of Egypt before you can get to the promised land. But preacher, it looks impossible. It's just impossible. It looked the same. You remember the story of the three Hebrew boys thrown into a den of lions? You know, there's a difference between a den of lions and a lion's den. You get thrown into a, a den of lions, they're there. If you just get thrown into a lion's den, there may not be one in there. These guys were thrown into a den of lions. Looked impossible. Joshua had to face a mighty wall. How's it going to fall? Well, he's going to march his people around it so many times, going to blow a horn, break a picture, and the walls come tumbling down. Don't you think it was impossible when an angel spoke to Mary and told her, you're going to have a baby boy, and that boy's name is going to be called Jesus. Nothing, absolutely nothing impossible with God. Challenge number two. Quit looking for the good old days. They're gone. I like to think about them every once in a while, but they're gone. It's just in your memory. It's done with. You only have today. Israel gets across that Red Sea. When they get across, they begin to celebrate. And approximately 72 hours after that celebration, they come to a place called Marah, a place of bitter waters. What do they do? This must have been a bunch of Baptists. They run to Pastor Moses. And they get to Pastor Moses, they're fussing and they're complaining and they're griping and they're just carrying on. And the only reason they're staying on the safety side, not because they're spiritual, they just couldn't get back across the Red Sea. And when you come to the bitter waters of life, don't stop. Just keep going. Trusting in God's grace. He'll get you through. Let me ask you a question to do this morning. 
Has the Lord ever turned your life upside down? Has he? Think with me for a moment. You, uh, you want to buy a new house. Just had to have this new house. I mean, it was perfect in every way. You didn't pray about it much. But somehow you got it. And you squalled and you fussed and you carried on till you got that house. You move in. Toilets don't work. Doors won't shut. Roof's leaking. Foundation is sunk about six inches. And you're saying, oh God, what happened? And God says, hey, you asked me for it. You begged for it. I gave it to you. He turned your world upside down, didn't he? Or what about this one? Some of you ladies are saying, why in the world did I ever get married? Why did I ever marry old Bubba? Well, God says, hey. God says, hey, you wanted Bubba. You bawled and squalled for him. You thought he was the greatest thing that ever walked in a pair of shoes, and you got him. you know old Bubba, he don't bathe but about once a week. <laughs> Stinks to high heaven. His clothes are scattered all over the floor. Won't brush his teeth. But you got him. Now you guys are smiling saying amen, but what about, what about uh, you? You just had to have Miss Beautiful. Just had to have her. You got her. Same thing. Comes in every morning, her hair all messed up. Can't cook a lick. <laughs> Got on house shoes, not of the, don't even match. An old slouchy house coat. And you're sitting there thinking, why, oh why. Welcome to the promised land. <laughs> you can't go back. You can't go back. Quit looking for the good old days. Quit looking for the good old days. Number three, it's not logical. This, this, this is about doing God's business, God's way, opposed to doing it man's way. Now, the, the logical way to the promised land, according to what I can find out through the commentaries is, it was a 14-day hike straight through the wilderness. God took them the long way around. Look at that in verse 17, chapter 13. Now, the Lord this morning is trying to lead us in the right way. But you're fussing about the right way. You want to do it your way. You just don't understand in order to obey God. You just do it. You just do it. Do you remember growing up and your daddy telling you to do something? You wanted to argue with him about it a little bit? and Just do it. Just listen to me. Just do it. That's what God said. Just do what I'm telling you to do. The Lord is leading us in the right way. What is logical this morning about a person coming into this auditorium on a Sunday morning, worshiping with the great music we've had, and enjoying the fellowship with fellow believers, and what's logical about a person coming in here full of sin, walking these aisles, Seeking God's forgiveness and become clean and forgiven. What's logical? What's logical about dropping your tithe into the offering plate? What's logical about that? Wall Street wouldn't agree with you. What's logical about us leaving this place in a while, going out into the world and telling others about Jesus? What's logical about that? God says, just obey me. Obey me and watch me bless your life. Number four, holding on to the familiar. God fed them bread every day. He promised to take care of them. Bread in the morning, bread in the evening. I mean, they're longing for the good old days. According to the scripture, they're wanting fish, cucumbers, leeks, onions. They want all of that. But God's given them bread. We want meat. Here again, they run 
to Moses, complaining about the provisions of God. And Numbers 11 says, God became exceedingly angry. Okay, you want meat? I'll give you meat. And there were quail. Quail came from everywhere. Said so many inches deep on the face of the earth. So many quail, but that's all one could see for a day's walk. Quail everywhere. Listen, don't look at what used to be. Move forward. Move forward. But, oh, preacher, here's number five. They're giants. They're giants over there. Giants. Here's the ultimate test. I get a group together. Go survey out the land. I don't know why they did that. God told them it was theirs already. They didn't have to get a survey group up. They didn't have to get a committee together. <laughs> We're famous for that, aren't we? We've got committee, committee, so many committees today. We've got committees on committees. We've got a committee for everything. Well, this is what happened. I guess this is where it started. The group sent out to survive, survey the land. The report comes back. Only two men said, we can do it. Joshua and Caleb, two men. And when they come back, they're carrying a, this is amazing to me, carrying a cluster of grapes so large they had to use a pole. Can't you picture two guys walking, walking into this crowd with a cluster of grapes between them? So huge, so large. Here the people said, where'd those things come from? Where'd they come from? Right next door. Just over there. But some of the biggest giants you've ever seen in your life are over there. You hear again? Can't you hear the crowd? One whispers to the other, did he say giants? Did he really say giants over there? Right next door. You mean, after all we've been through, we've been in that mud hole making bricks, we're now across the Red Sea, we're into freedom. And now we're going to have to face giants? Yep. Yep, that's right. Listen, folks, the last form of the church is an army advancing conquering and you say hey I'm a lover I'm not a fighter well you better change your mind if you're going to have the blessings of God between here and the time of the rapture you'd better put on the whole armor of God because it's going to be a fight it's going to be a fight and I don't know about you but I'm not in the mood for let's make a deal I want Satan out of the way don't you don't you? Let me this morning encourage you. Be all that God wants you to be. Be all that God wants you to be. Reach out for a new horizon. I know we have senior adults. I would imagine, I don't know how many in here, 55 and up or 65 and up, but there are a lot of us. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep moving forward. Discover the excitement of following Jesus one step at a time. Because the promised land is just ahead. The promised land is just ahead. I want to close with this. I don't know the, the history of this one, Mr. Educator. But I want you to listen to these words. Since I started for the kingdom. Since my life he controls. Since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, the more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Every need he is supplying. Plenteous grace he bestows. Every day my way gets brighter, for the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows.
Let's bow for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for your word to us. Help us, each one of us, young or old, to know change is a coming. It's here. And help us to follow your directions. Because one day you're going to get us home safely to our final home, heaven. Thank you for these moments together. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. And truly, Father, if there be one person in this room today without the Lord Jesus Christ in his heart or her heart, may they step out in faith, trusting. If one is searching for a church home, Lord, speak to their heart and allow them to come to this place called Pitts Baptist. We're trusting you in this invitation, and we pray this in Christ's name for in his for his sake. Amen. Brother Scott's going to come stand here. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And we do invite you to come forward this morning, trusting Christ, or come to join with us right here at Pitt.